Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's in My Head podcast. I'm joined by Shiran Johnson, storyboard artist for Ed and Eddie, the busy world of Richard Scary, both Adam's families and so many other things dealing with my little pony. I'm your host, Julian. Shiran, how are you today? I'm good. Uh, thank you very much for having me on this nope. podcast. No problem. I got to say big thanks to Toomey because uh, he kind of set this up for us, man. Uh, a lot of people loved his episode. Not very many people hit him on his uh, his Jaws knowledge because he was kind of bummed that uh, he flubbed up on the date of his favorite movie. He, he messaged yeah. me right after. He's like, shit, I messed it up. So I, I thought that was really funny. Um, but just getting right into it. And uh, for you guys that don't know, she worked on a couple of the shows and TV movies that we just mentioned there, especially being the two big ones right now, Adam's Family 1 and 2, Adam's Family 2 coming out in just a little while. Um, and I told you before, that was our actually, my son and I's last movie um, that we saw before COVID. Phenomenal movie. I loved it. It was so fun. I'd never laughed that hard in a, in a movie theater in quite some time. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the second one. Um, but let's take a step back. When did you start noticing that you had a talent or an eye for drawing? Did uh, Was it just at a little age, somebody gave you some pens or crayons and stuff like that? Or how'd you start? Um, yeah, as, as soon as I could pick up a pen, I, I would start drawing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I drew some comics uh, from the start. Um, and then I would draw animals, every kind of animal that I would see. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I drew all the time. So I knew when I grew up that I wanted to do something with drawing. I didn't know exactly what it was until I got to art school, but, but yeah, ended up in animation. Loved so what, what was it about animation that just specifically stuck to? Were there some cartoons yeah. that you absolutely loved and that's what you would start drawing first? I know you said animals, but sticking in just the animation field for just a few minutes, uh, what was it about animation or some of the shows that you might've just picked up on and wanted to start drawing from? Um, well, Warner Brothers was a big one for mm-hmm. me, that's funny. Um, Roadrunner and Coyote. I, I loved watching that. I would watch that with my grandpa. Um, yeah. And he would always um, hope that the Coyote would get the Roadrunner. So um, those were big ones back then. Of course, I had to, uh, we did, cartoons weren't what they are today. I had to get up really early and watch mm-hmm. cartoons or be home right at four o'clock to watch the afternoon cartoons after school. So it was a real commitment watching cartoons back then so it's it's funny like whenever i have somebody that's roughly around the same age i am or grew up before streaming services you started kicking off if you didn't have a vcr and mind you we had a vcr growing up so we could you know we could pop in that that blank cassette and record it however i made the mistake of recording over a few of my mom's shows and not realizing it until it started like skipping in between shows and I'm seeing like, why is house recorded on here? Or why is monk recorded on here? Or why is one of these law and order shows? And I'm like, holy shit, it scared the hell of me. Cause my mom was super upset when she found out like, cause once the shows were out, you know, if you caught them in a, a year later in reruns or you'd catch them, you know, whenever they started doing reruns, six months, summertime, that type of things. So it's not as easy as it is these days to pop on your favorite show, or your favorite episode back then you either saw it or you didn't. Or you didn't. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. It, it's just wild to sit there and, and think about that time before Netflix, Hulu, or any of the other streaming services. Um, and I, I absolutely love the Looney Tunes. I think that for most of us uh, that, that really love animation, that was our first, that was our first love, I guess, was Bugs Bunny or Daffy. Daffy was always my guy. And so was Foghorn. I loved those two. There's something about those two birds that I absolutely love. And I love seeing Foghorn just kicking around the same thing with Daffy. Um, but did you end up going to, what was it like in high school and middle school and stuff like that? Were you still trying to pursue drawing or did you kind of give it up for a little bit and come back um, to it? Or? In, well, yeah, in high school, I was always the, the artist, mm-hmm. the artist in the friend group, right? I yeah. was always the one that could draw. People would ask me, can you draw me this or can you draw me that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, you know, at the top of my game in yeah. high school. But then, 
you know, art school came along and I was like not at the top of my game. And I, I had to, you know, there was a lot of talented people out there. And I, that was the first time I sort of realized that. And I was like, holy cow, I have to work at my craft now. And I have to really, you know, I, I did a lot of learning in art school. It was great. You know, it wasn't terribly structured, um, but it was, it was fun. Did it feel like imposter syndrome when you got there? Did you feel like, oh man, did I make the wrong mistake? Or did you feel like, oh, this is just another challenge for me to step up to? Um, it, art school, no, art school didn't feel like that. It felt uh, fun and yeah. it didn't feel like a challenge. I got imposter syndrome when I started in the industry. <laughs> and I really was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, because art school back then wasn't as structured as it is now. Uh, especially for animation. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to do a lot of learning on the job, which was good, yeah. healthy, and I still am learning, so that's good. Yeah, it is. Whenever you feel, I can't remember who made that quote, but the day you stop learning is the day you stop growing. Something along those lines. I'm pretty sure I butchered that quote, man. But if you're not learning, you're not trying. If you're not learning, you're not progressing. If you're not progressing, you're just stagnant. If you're stagnant, what the hell are you doing right you always want to exactly. progress you always want to be better you always want to say oh man I kind of messed up those things like I used to draw when I was younger nothing very good but I like to draw like Dragon Ball Z characters and my favorite cartoons and stuff like that and the hardest thing for me specifically were fingers right I don't know what it was like I would sit there and see people and they would draw their hands or they would hold their hand in a certain thing and they would draw it I tried it horrible right I just could not get it my fingers always look like blocks um, but what were some of the things that 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 for you specifically that like just difficult to really master or difficult to really just get in there and do? Uh, well, when I started in the industry, I, I started in Montreal. I moved away from Vancouver because there wasn't a lot of work in Vancouver mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and I, I started on uh, Robert Munch. Um, I worked on that. Mm -hmm. um, things like bicycles were really hard any or vehicles. I hated drawing structured things. I, I could do organic things easily enough, characters. I loved expressions and all of that stuff. But yeah, bikes are very hard. Anything with structure. It, Buildings, houses, backgrounds. It's funny hard. you bring up bikes because uh, <laughs> I had Scotty on here, old uh, under Scott Underwood. And uh, I was asking him, like, what was the hardest thing for you to draw during Edit and Editing? And he was like, Dude, Kevin's bike absolutely sucked, man. He, I was like, a bike, really? And he was like, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. And he started explaining it to me. I was like, I still don't understand why it was so hard. And then he sent me some pictures, and he was like, I don't think I made each like every time I had to drive Kevin on his bike or Kevin's bike, it was different every single time. He was like, there was something about bikes, the handlebars, the wheels. He was like, I don't know what it was. And I was like, I mean, I kind of get it. I never, I never saw it, you know, when I was a kid watching. I'm like, oh, that bike looks different. I wonder what was going on here. So I. It's, I guess you notice it once you do it, or if you're the guy that, or girl that does this, you're like, oh man, I see the imperfections in there. I see what I could have been better. Um, but before we get into Ed and Eddie, one of my favorite shows as a child was The Busy World of Richard Scarry. I loved it. There was something about the art style, the colors. I don't know what it was, but it was phenomenal. Um, what was it like getting this call? Because some of you guys have managers or, um, you know, you got agents that kind of say, hey, try out for this. But back in the day, how would you get uh, word of a show or how would you get onto a show? Uh, well, there wasn't a lot of studios back then. Um, it was um, sort of a newer industry. Yeah. Um, and one of my old teachers actually was a producer out there. And so when I moved out there, I either she called me up or I called her and she got me in. So I was lucky, I was fortunate because it's not always easy getting your foot in the door the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I found that out the hard way. So it's, it's once you, all you need, for me specifically, all I need is somebody just to creep the door a little bit and I'll kick yeah. that door in no problem. Let, just let yeah. me, get me to the dance. Right? You know, I can't dance, but give me to the dance and I'll make something happen. Right. So it's always fun. What was that person's name? That way we can give them a shout out. Um, uh, oh, good Lord. I can't. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Appleton. 
was her last name. She's no longer with us. Oh, okay. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad she at least got you in there because now we're talking and you got to work on one of the greatest shows of all time. Not so, so much specifically the busy world of Richard's care, which I absolutely loved, but the one that, that everybody really loves that makes it sound like I'm shitting on the busy world of Richard's care, which I'm really not. I love the busy world of Richard's care. However, Edit and Eddie, if the two are on and I'm like, which one am I going to watch? The Ed boys are going to win every single time. Um, so that wasn't a, that wasn't a slight towards that cartoon. I absolutely love that cartoon. Um, so was it jumping from Richard Scary to Ed and Eddie, or did you have some work in between those two? No, I, I lived in Montreal for six and a half years. And so I did uh, Little Lulu. I did character design for that for mm -hmm. three years. They did development on that. Um, they tried to make her modern yeah. for a long, I worked, I did design on that for a year and nothing mm -hmm. happened with it for a yeah. year. I just redrew the characters updating them this outfit or that outfit or whatever um and then it was richard scary and then we did arthur mm -hmm. uh, for a while um and then i i did commercial work in montreal um just for laughs and yeah. stuff um, and that was fun um it was very different kind of work because it's a lot faster paced um you have three weeks on a project and then something else um, and then from there, I moved back to Vancouver. Um, I had my baby. So. Yeah. Boy, girl? Uh, girl. Girl? Nice. Girl. Yeah. yeah. So I moved back to Vancouver and Montreal would send me uh, sheet direction work. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's no longer a thing anymore, but it's sheet timing. Yeah. Basically. Um, and I did that for several years and I, I did it for different companies around town as, as well. And then I did it for Danny as well. And that's how I found out about the ads. Can, can you go a little bit into detail? Now I had, I don't know if you know him. Um, I, I feel like everybody does cause he's been in the, the industry for so long, but you know, Robert Alvarez? Uh, not, not terribly, no. Okay. Yeah, he, he's just worked on a whole bunch of shows and he was, he didn't work specifically on Edit and Eddie, but he was with Hanna-Barbera during that time with, you oh. know, like Billy and Mandy and, and Samurai Jack and Cow and Chicken and all just the, oh, right. the cartoon renaissance for me specifically, like my age of cartoons during that entire, I want to say shit, like 95, 96, almost all the way up to 2007, eight is when everything was hot and heavy at Cartoon Network slash Hanna-Barbera. And, and, uh, he got into he got a little nerdy with us, which I absolutely love. I love seeing how the sausage is made for this. But could you go into detail about timing? Because that's one thing I didn't bring up with him, but I would love to know more. And there's a lot of fans always ask something about timing. We had a slugging um, comment come up last time, so Robert went deep in that. But what what is timing, and how do you, how do you get into that, or how do you do that? Um, well, you get the boards, you get the storyboards, mm -hmm. um, and you usually get the the track, the dialogue track. Um, and I would do the dial as well. Yeah. And so we, there's different codes for each mouth shape. Like, yeah. ooh, it's a D mouth or whatever, A, various shapes, usually eight to 12 different shapes. So you would, you would code out that on one side, the sheets, every different mouth shape. And on the other side, you do all the acting. So it's yeah. just big long strips of paper. Mm -hmm. And you break down the storyboard. This is for this panel, that panel, that panel. And then you just break all the acting down, everything. So somebody, um, one of the Eds picks up a cup, picks up a cup. So that's, that's an acting moment. Mm -hmm. Picks a drink, takes a sip, another one. So you, you just, you break everything down. Blinks, picks up a cup, blinks. You've got to pose that out. Mm -hmm. uh, walk cycles or another. Thing. Every everything is broken down, um, so it just looks like. I wish I had some samples. It just looks like a mess of lines and scratches and mm -hmm. tiny little, teeny drawings and teeny little notes. Yeah. Pages and pages of it, and then the animator gets it from there and and animates everything. Mm -hmm. So. So how. How is that specifically? Because you talked, we talked about a few things, and it's always fun talking to the artists because you you find out like what people specifically like. Like when I had Chris Battles on, he loved character design. That's all he wanted to do, and you know, he's a character designer. There's some people that absolutely just love doing backgrounds, and there's some people that just like doing different things. But since I've heard you doing a few different things here. You started out as you know animating, and then doing timing, and doing this, and then doing that. 
what do you specifically gravitate towards mo the most? What do you enjoy doing the most as far as the animation field goes? Um, well, I, I liked everything mm -hmm. uh, because it was a, a learning progression for me. Yeah. Um, and it always surprised me when people get out of school and they just kind of jump right into storyboarding because I, I always, maybe it's just the way it happened for me, but I, I feel like it's important to learn all the different aspects and, yeah. and grow in your career towards that point. Um, because it, every point of my career has been interesting to me mm -hmm. because of the learning curve. Yeah, I mean, that's- but, I mean, I love storyboarding now because it's the most challenging of all. Is it still, so as you get, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Cause it's not, I guess proficient is the right word. I don't want to use that because it makes it sound like you weren't before, but as you get better and better and more proficient and you, you start to master your craft, do bad days come? And I asked this to big Jim, but do bad days come as frequently as you get, you know, deeper into your career for you specifically, I obviously can't talk for every artist, but do bad days as far as like trying to pick something up or trying to get something down or trying to get the right angle or the right pose do does that still happen as frequently or does it happen less now for you uh, it happens it happens less frequently yeah. um but every every different job that i do is a challenge mm -hmm. so it's it happens all over again a new production a new director um a new style of drawing mm -hmm. then the awkward drawings come back until i get the rhythm of the show Mm -hmm. And then it gets easy again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it happens less frequently. There are bad days if I've had a bad sleep or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just you can't you just can't draw. <laughs> you have the awkward days, of course. So yeah, what, and imposter syndrome. That's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do to warm up? Because I know some people they'll do warm up sketches, but what do you specifically do to warm up or get in the mood to draw and stuff like that? Um, I. Yeah, I doodle, I do, I fool around. I, it takes me forever to get going. It's not until the afternoon that I really mm -hmm. get going, yeah. basically. So, do you like yeah. a quiet room or do you like background music, movies, and stuff like that? What do you like to do? I like noise. Yeah. I like a lot of noise and, and busyness, um, unless I'm doing thumbnails, um, mm -hmm. which is, the first part of setting the storyboard down, the thinking stuff, then I need absolute quiet. But yeah. generally when I'm boarding, I prefer noise. And I think I I got that from working at AKA. Oh, 100%, because I was I was hoping you were gonna, because there was only one yeah. person that answered. Um, and I don't know if you worked directly with them. I'm pretty sure you got to see him at the Christmas parties and everything like that. But uh, Jono is one of my favorite people I've ever gotten the chance to talk to. He is the sweetest yeah, person I've sweet. ever met, or not physically met, but met, you know, like we're talking now. One of the yeah. sweetest people I've ever met, one of the most humble people. Whenever I give him praise, he's like, oh, you know, thanks, man. You know, I just did that, right? So I, I love Jono, but uh, I was like, you don't seem like everybody else. And what I mean by that, I was like, you don't seem like you're just sitting there just blaring music. He's like, no, it, it was crazy. He was like, I would try to find places and lock myself in the closets or lock myself in the rooms away from everybody. Cause he's like, I need peace and quiet. I need, and I was like, well, how is it like working that way? Everybody's a punk rocker, you know, big Jim's beating the shit out of radios and Joel's in there stomping on it. I was like, what was that like? And he was like, it was the wildest time of my life, the coolest time of my life the most chaotic time of my life. And we did some really, really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so when, <laughs> when you get to AKA, you're com what show did you come from again? Excuse me, before you got to uh, edit and edit? Uh, oh yeah, you would ask me that before the century. I, I am TV. I worked on Silverwing and Dragons. Okay. Um, what else? Paddington Bear. There, I, there was just so many shows that I did sheet timing for. As well. How? big of a culture shock was it when you got to AK? What was the first day? I got to imagine you remember the first day of AKA. Do you remember the yeah. first day of AKA Studios? I, I do, it was, it was fun. I was, of course I was a little bit familiar with it mm -hmm. because I had done sheets for Danny. Yeah. So I had gone in and, and met them before. Um, but it was, it was great. I felt like um, the island of misfit toys, I finally belonged. <laughs> So it, it felt like I finally belonged, basically. That's cool, man. I, I, I really found, like I found my people. Yeah. Everybody says that. It, it's, it's, I want to see somebody. And 
I hate saying this because as soon as my tech guy watches this video and he starts doing all the stuff, he's like, maybe you should write it. Um, Cause he keeps trying to get me to write a book about something. I just, I just, I, I, nobody wants to hear what I want to write. I can't write half the time. It just looks like shit. Um, but he was like, you should really do one on the Ed boys. And I'm like, yeah, but I'd have to have like open access to everybody. It, it'd have to be one of those things. And I've had a lot of you guys on, but there's just a few people, Danny specifically that I don't, I just don't know if he'll come on and do something like this. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that I would love to know just the minutia or the minute details on, on a day to day of what AKA was going on. So we've heard some of the stories we've, uh, we've been told some of the stories and I've had to cut some of those stories out. Um, what is your favorite Christmas story or Christmas party? Do you, do you remember going to those? Do you yeah. have, do you have one? Yeah. That's out? And if you can't, if you can't say a story, what's your favorite AKA Christmas gift? Cause I've seen a few of those and some of them are really good. <laughs> Um, well, there was the paddle, the spanking paddle. Yeah. Um, John brought that out. There was the yo-yo one year. Um, and I think I was doing sheets at the time. So I kind of didn't get the joke. I was like, I, I want cash. Where's the cash? <laughs> so I didn't quite get the joke. Um, I can't remember the other ones, but yeah, they were pretty unique Christmas gifts. Yeah, it, it, it's it's always funny when they break them out. Uh, when I had uh, Jono on there, I think he showed me a bottled liquor uh, yeah, breaking case of, of something. I can't remember. There's another one that said fuck digital art that Danny had. He made pins and t-shirts. Oh, and, yeah. And then um, when I had all three of the Ed boys on, I had all three of the voice actors. Um, I think it was Tony that brought it up and he was like, yeah, Danny gave us all AKA condoms. And he was like, yeah. I was wondering why I had kids right after that. It's like, so I think Danny poked holes into him. <laughs> and I just <laughs> I thought it was the funniest shit in the world. Um, but going going back to that that first day of, of, of AKA Studios, uh, you'd done some timing and stuff. When you started boarding for them, what was that like? Because I'm, I'm assuming that's a huge jump from timing to storyboarding, because you said it was a little bit more challenging to do storyboards. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember the, Ed's, the first the couple Ed's storyboards? Were, yeah, the Eds were very hard for me. To mm -hmm. draw very very difficult because you know all the other shows i've worked on munch and arthur and little luke the structures of the characters were very very stiff and very the same very set but the ed's characters they their faces moved like yeah. when they did an expression they were they looked they were the same character but it was phenomenal how how far you could push their expressions and I was not used to that so I really I really had to re relearn yeah. how to how to draw again so and how they were the, the artists there were just phenomenal everybody yes. was just so talented we just we learned off of each other all the time how long did it take you to feel comfortable with the eds drawing them and getting used to them I, I don't know if I ever did <laughs> it was always it was always a challenge for me it was always a challenge was there one character that sticks out the most that was very difficult to to get down double d was very hard really me. how come yeah, do you remember because his his face structure yeah. was just so wacky it's so <laughs> ever-changing um yeah he he was i think probably the hardest for me to draw so this one's come up and I didn't know that this question existed because I never, when I watched Ed and Eddie, I didn't give a shit about what was under Double D's hat. So I got to imagine you've had that question asked. And the only reason yeah. I like asking this one is because everybody gives a different answer. And it's usually the same. He's like, there's nothing going to be under there. He's like, it's undefined. Danny didn't really have one. Um, yeah. But one of my favorite ones, and I'm not going to say it on here. If you want to hear it, just go listen like the first 15 minutes of all three Ed Boys, and they'll tell you exactly what's under what Tony thought was under uh, Double D's hat. Um, but if you had to choose, or if you could choose, what would you put under Double D's hat? Like I said, that question always comes up, and I like asking the storyboard artists. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Probably no hair. No hair. Uh, yeah. Probably. Just give him a chrome dome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Danny never wanted any, anybody to know, right? That's what I love hearing. I, I love hearing yeah. there's something that's still so close to the best and it makes it's it, you always want to leave them wanting more or knowing why by yeah. giving it to them because it's something about that mystique that just continually builds the myth, the legend and all that other stuff. So like I said, I always like asking that question. Um, who was some of your favorite characters to draw then? I know you said Double D was very difficult. Was there one that stuck out that you just absolutely loved? I love drawing the campers. 
Yeah. Um, because I felt they had a lot of personality mm -hmm. for female characters. I mean, I'm yeah. always um, buying for the female characters, of course. And at, at the time, I don't think girl characters had a lot of representation. Mm -hmm. um, so Danny's show was unique. And I'm, what I mean by representation is that they actually had personality and yeah. not just were cutesy female mm -hmm. characters. So I, I really, really dug that about the characters. They were just weird, yeah. <laughs> weird and all out like vile sometimes. And I, I was like, that's real life. That's hilarious. Yeah, they were for sure the kids in high school that smoked cigarettes in between classes out by the portables and shit, you know. So it was uh, it was interesting because I got to talk to Erin um, Fitzgerald. She did May and she did the voice oh, yeah. of Naz not too long ago. And she said the same thing. She's like, there was just so much about them. She's like, Naz was very one dimensional. She was very plain, plain Jane. And then um he was she was like she was a skater chick and then she turned to a cheerleader and then she was like she had she's like i had to have words with daniel it's like you took my skater chick and you turned her into a cheerleader and then she, he was like he broke it down for her. and the way she explained it was she was like yeah uh i have to have these characters represent the girls that were the girls that i grew up with I, every every character has meaning to it and every character was somebody i experienced as a child and i'm sitting here thinking I'm like wow I wonder what three girls were after Danny when Danny was yeah. coming up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Danny names it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the Kanker sisters are just so, they break so many dimensions because they're so fun. They're so crazy. They're so wild. And then you're like, man, are these, these girls really 12, 13, and 14 or however, however old they were? Because they seemed so much older because of the shit they were doing. And they were just, whenever they were on screen, I always got a big kick out of it because everybody knows either whether you're a girl or a boy everybody knows that 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 group of boys they're like the cankers or the group of girls they're like the cankers and it just sticks to you right yeah um, yeah we we had a neighborhood gang you know our group so yeah we were i think my gang was the cankers <laughs> so, growing up that's awesome um when you started storyboarding uh and i brought this up because i was i was uh the post-it notes are always my favorite, right? Some of the favorite stories I've ever heard was having Big Jim retell some of the, cause he was like, it was it was getting that story from your dad. It was like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed in you type of thing. And he's like, that cuts so much deeper on some of these post-it notes I get. And you said they were quite nice, right? But do you remember any, do you remember any post-it notes specifically? Um, I don't specifically, but I mean, he would, he would write nice if I'd yeah. done a good job, of course. But I do remember one of our meetings because he would sit down with us before we, we did the big pitch and go yeah. over our thumbnails. And it was when I was just starting. Um, and I, I pitched him my thumbnails and I think it was Scott was sitting beside me as I did my, my pitch for Danny. And I finished and I thought, oh, okay, I did a good job. <laughs> and then I looked at Danny and then he just turned to Scott and looked at him because Scott was in charge of me, basically. Yeah. He just did this. <laughs> Super disappointed. And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't do very well. <laughs> but he, that, that's good. I mean, I needed that to yeah. step up. I definitely needed that to step up and improve my game. Um, so I, I definitely knew and felt his disappointment. And that was just worse than any yes. post-it note. You know, disappointment is the worst for me. Um, and it, it made me work harder. It made me do much better. So he, he was good for that. He had a, a strong sense of integrity mm -hmm. and he expected us to to do it, you know, do a good job, push ourselves yeah. every way. Yeah, Not just drawing wise, but comedy, mm -hmm. acting, everything. What was, so big, uh, what was it specifically when you would storyboard, would you start with an ending and work yourself back? Cause I know this was not a scripted show. They would have lines of dialogue and stuff like that. So it wasn't a in-depth script on, you got to get here to get here to get here. Um, but you specifically, what would you do whenever you would pitch an idea or come up with an idea? Would you start at the ending of an episode, work your way back? Or would you start, you know, with an issue and then build on that? How was it for your process? Um, well, when we started on the Eds, we had scripts. Okay. Um, so we we would get our section, mm -hmm. um, and I myself, 
the way I board, I, I find a part in that that inspires me. Mm-hmm. And I just start drawing from that. And then I move backwards or forwards from there. Um, so I, I sort of pick the most interesting spot, start at that, um, and then fill in the spaces everywhere else. Sometimes I start from the beginning and just go straight ahead if it seems like a straight ahead kind of section. Uh, but generally, I, I go from inspiration to inspiration. And how long would an episode take you, I guess, to flush out for storyboards? That's something I never really asked any of the other artists because it was something like, damn it, I wish I would have asked them during it. Um, and then I usually just message them after if I ever have any questions. You guys have always been so great because everybody answers it. But how long would an episode take you to storyboard? Um, I think we would get, there was usually three board artists, mm-hmm. two, two juniors and a senior. I was a junior uh, at the time. Um, and I think we would get three weeks to thumbnail to do the super rough stuff, three or four weeks. Um, and then Danny would have a look at that. And then we'd get another four weeks to clean up and tighten everything. So usually uh, probably eight to nine weeks we would get total. Um, now, are you guys- Sometimes it would take more than that. Yeah. I, I know that 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 um, and I didn't realize it until after I started talking to you guys because everybody was like, yeah, there's a lot of times where Danny had to come money out of his pocket because you guys were behind because he wanted perfection. He wanted everything yeah. to mean something. He didn't want bullshit. And I absolutely love that about something. I, there's so many people that would just fold and say, you know, it's good enough. Just push it out there. But for him specifically, that's why I have so much respect for Danny is because he'll sit there. and He's like, no, it's not good enough. I want something better. If, if this is good enough, go find a different studio to work in because you obviously don't want to push um but uh when when you're storyboarding these out are you specifically working on only one episode at a time or are you working on a bunch of different episodes no we would get one episode at a time per team so so we'd have the senior Uh, Mm -hmm. big jim was my senior at one point uh and two juniors so yeah we we would be a team um when i was working with big jim it was called team vagina Big Jim, Sabrina, and myself. So we were all basically the vaginas of the room. Oh, please tell me you guys made team shirts or you guys had bowling. No, we didn't. That would have been a good idea. Oh man, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost Christmas time, so you could you could you could bring back Team Vagina I and could, put those yeah. on t-shirts, right? A reunion. Might, yeah, might be a might be a good Christmas gift there. <laughs> yeah. That's that's who came up with the name? Was it Big Jim? Uh, I probably. Yeah. That dude is a national treasure. I love talking to him. He's such a good dude. Um, now, as you guys are starting to go from these storyboards and into the, the TV series, you guys ended up doing a movie because Danny got the option to either do one more season or do a movie, wrap it up the way he did. And, you know, after talking to a few people, not just specifically Ed and Eddie, but a bunch of other guys that were working on television shows during that time when the whole shift came with Stuart Snyder coming in and then everything started getting away from cartoons and they want to do more live action. Danny just saw the writing on the wall. He's like this, if, if we go any longer, I'm not going to be able to do what I'm going to do because they were shaking up the executives and the producers and all this other stuff. So he saw, like I said, the writing on the wall. Um, and then you guys start boarding for the movie. Or you guys start working on the movie. Um, was that something that you guys found out way ahead of time? Like, Hey, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to finish it with, you know, this season. And then we're going to go into a movie. Or was that something that came down, I guess, a little bit later? Do you remember? I, I don't remember how that worked. I just know that I continued working. Um, there was some development time. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, where we were just um, drawing inspiration, yeah. thoughts, ideas. Uh, so I guess there was a little bit of downtime. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. Now, was, some, was something like a movie? Is, and because obviously, you know, you guys said you had teams, right? There was Team Vagina. What were the other team names? Did, did they get team names or were you guys the only cool um, one? I don't remember. I just remember ours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's phenomenal. You'll think about it as soon as we get off the phone. Yeah, I mean, sure. it, it, that's the way it usually happens. Um, so obviously, you guys have teams for specific episodes, but with something like a movie or the, something that has like no no 22 minutes, it's it's a 90 minute movie or whatever it is. How does that work? Is all the board artists working on this together or is it still picking and choosing here and there? How does that work out? Um, I do remember 
there would be some brainstorming mm -hmm. times and and artists started to wrap up at the time too i think uh it, it wasn't all of us that stayed mm -hmm. at that point um i yeah sorry i, I can't remember no, no, it's, it's, it's it was i do i do remember we all we were all together at first and it was the brainstorming that that had to happen um and then yeah i'm sure we picked sections after that because you you have to you can't all be working on the same stuff but yeah. it was very collaborative all the time like everything was always collaborative when we were mm -hmm. doing um the shows as well you know we would we would talk to other artists other teams and and we would try to get ideas from one another if we, if we were stuck on a section yeah. we would just talk to somebody else and just by talking about it uh, that would trigger ideas in ourselves or in them uh, to help out but yeah it, it was a very collaborative experience all the time so when that show ends with that movie I mean, I got to imagine, like, as you guys are working on it and you guys are finishing the movie, or you guys have done what you guys do, and then you send it off to the next step of the of the movie or the television process. Yeah. Was there a change? And the only reason I haven't gotten to ask any of the other guys and gals that have worked on this yet, um, but did you? Was there a shift? I guess did it feel weird? You know, at the end when you guys finished everything and sent it off, and you know, you essentially did the whole cheers thing where you turned the lights off and then yeah it goes yeah. what was that like i mean what was that was it a weird feeling i guess for everybody it was, it was super sad i i stuck around for a little bit because mm -hmm. i was doing uh sheets yeah I helped out with sheets with marlene she's another one um that you should get on okay um, she she is just she did sheet direction for years um she worked on scooby-doo okay. um marlene may um so i i helped out with that stuff later um, so i i sort of stuck around a little bit while a while longer but mm -hmm. yeah it was sad right yeah because we've been there for so long and and everybody was so close like it felt like we uh, went through uh, war together yeah. like it was oh i mean i hate to compare that because you actually did do that but no, i i was just a navy guy i didn't really i oh. was boots on ground i was on a ship you know the worst thing that ever happened when i was in there other than getting hurt um, the worst thing that I ever saw happen, um, we were in Dubai and a car bomb went off about 200 yards away from us. It was in the middle of an abandoned like parking lot and a car bomb went off. That was the worst thing I saw. I mean, I, I saw people get hurt and shit like that. I saw a few people fall overboard. Um, that was that was essentially and we, we rescued that they rescued those people. It, it wasn't anything crazy, um, but that was the worst thing I saw. I wasn't in the desert. I didn't get shot at. You know, thankfully, there were so many of my friends that did. Few of them aren't here anymore. Um, but no, I 100 percent when you're in the trenches, whether it's it's wartime or you're in the trenches at McDonald's making fries, you guys have a collective bond because you guys are experiencing the suck together. You're experiencing the good. You're experiencing the bad. So you're a lot tighter than somebody else. And I didn't realize this when they told us this in boot camp, when they say when you're in boot camp, and for the most part, it was true, because there is a few people that I still in contact with, but you'll be closer to these people than anybody you grew up with, because you're, you're yeah. experiencing something that no, not everybody gets to experience. And you guys go through that as well. You guys are sitting there and I don't know what time you clock in and what time you clock out. But I got to imagine during all of this crazy shit, you guys were working pretty hot and heavy. There was no such thing as set hours. Everybody worked whatever hours it was just to get the project done because it's what you guys have to do. You guys have to do a schedule. So 100%, I agree with you. You guys were in a war too. You guys were in the trenches. It might not have bullets flying at you just yet, but I'm pretty sure there was some crazy shit going on at AKA that that might have felt like, like oh shit, we're in Vietnam right now. This shit is crazy. Um, yeah, so yeah I, I, I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, so as we end uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and we're going to go into Adam's family and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. But what are some of the greatest things or best things that you've learned? Or what are some of the things that set you up for a career in animation that you learned from AKA? Uh, definitely to think more. Danny really taught us to, to think and mm -hmm. to push our, idea, our ideas further than just the first idea that came yeah. up in your head. Um, and collaboration. Um, and integrity. Dan was really good for his sense of integrity. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I think those were probably the most important things that we, we learned. Yeah. Um, 
the collaboration thing is a big one. Yeah. And a lot of artists now um, coming out of school, it's, sorry, something happened. Oh, you're fine. Computer. Um, they don't, people do do the first thought that comes out of their head when they're boarding. It's very standard stuff. So we have to sort of, we, we try to teach the new artists to, to push it further. Yeah. When doing shows that's good, that's good thought. You've got to train your replacement, right? You got to train and make yeah, sure the next exactly. wave of animators are going to have, you know, not, not maybe the same outlook or thought on something because you want different perspectives. That's why you want a male's perspective, a female's perspective, somebody that comes from a different country or speaks a different language because everybody looks, we're all watching the same thing, but we're all yeah. picking different things from it because when you start sitting here and you start seeing the same stories from the same style of people, everything gets boring. Right. When we start seeing new and something, that's when we start latching on like, oh, shit, they're doing something here. This isn't cookie cutter stuff. So it's 100 percent. man. what you learn in school is one thing. But what you actually learn once you get a job, you can essentially not throw everything out that you learned in school, but you'll learn how to do what you're supposed to do when you get on the job. Um, so it's 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 nice to see that that, yes, you're getting, um, you know, a new wave of animators. But you're also giving them the freedom, right, to explore and, and to invent and try something new. Don't do the same thing that you learned in the book because there's 17 other students that you came up with that are going to do the same thing. So, you know, try something. Get out there and expand. Get out there and, and just try to do something different, right? Um, so as we finish Ed, Ed, and Eddie, right, and we move on to Adam's family, I told you before we started that uh, this was the last movie, the first one that my son and I went and seen in theaters. And that's that's our thing that we get to do. I love being able to take my oldest son and go to the movie theaters you know, during COVID. We haven't been to one since, you know, this one dropped in 2019. So I think we saw this December, January of, uh, or December, 2019, January, 2020 is when we saw it because it was just so busy with work and everything. Um, but yeah, this is right before the shutdown when we went and seen this movie. I absolutely loved The Addams Family. It was so fun yeah. and you got to work with Toomey again and I think was Scott yeah. working on this one as well yeah yeah what Scott was, was that like? what was that it like was seeing everybody? Great. I mean I worked with powerhouses Todd DeMong was another one um just amazingly talented meat stick uh was <laughs> he worked at AKA as well super talented guy um Dave Dick mm -hmm. um um Solomon Hong they're just yeah, I got to work with so many talented artists. Once again, it was it was great um, and a challenge again. Yeah. Uh, and it was a feature, so yeah. this was my first feature. Basically, really? I mean, besides the edit and the yeah. feature. What was it? I mean, when you get the call, or did you? Tr whenever you get a new job, or you feel you see something like this is on. Obviously, you had the producer. I think you said Mrs. Applebottom, right? Or Miss Appleton. 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 Hazel okay. Um, you, you know, you get the word from her to say, hey, go, you know, try out for this one type of thing and it kind of opens the door for you. Um, is this the same sense? Is it one of these guys that you work with from yeah. a Yeah, I think, well, to me, was encouraging me to, to do it because we were both working on My Little Pony at the time and he was mm -hmm. like, you should try out for it. And then the butterflies hit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and then you know, when that happens, you know that that's what you have to do basically yeah. and and so i i applied and i waited and i waited and i just felt sick to my stomach yeah um and then i finally got the call to go in and 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 meet with them and i just yeah i felt sick to my stomach but i i've always found when i feel that that's the direction that i have to go um, and luckily i got yeah. in so yeah um when you apply, do you apply and then you send kind of like a portfolio or do you have to draw some of these characters? Like you're like, oh shit, I got to draw Gomez or I got to draw Fester, or I got to draw this. Like what is the applying process for? Or no, what I just, process mean? Yeah, I just sent my old samples uh, okay. portfolio. But but sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to do that. For for the Ed's show, I had to do a test, okay. basically. Do you remember what the test was for you specifically? It was Ed chewing some bubble gum mm -hmm. um and then he swallows it and then i think he, he farts and then <laughs> the bubble gum comes out his butt and he floats up into the air over the town i think that's the version that i did it was just uh, bizarre yeah uh, but yeah they hired me 
because of that. When Now, was that your idea to come up with it, or did they tell you, like, hey, we want to see you do this? Um, it was it was my idea to part the, the bubblegum balloon. So, That's phenomenal. Luckily, luckily it worked. Oh, I'm pretty sure they got a real big kick out of it. I, I can only imagine. I, I know I, I got a kick out of it. Now, yeah. for the Adams family, what was the, I don't want to say the hardest thing, because we already asked what the hardest thing for, for the Eds was, was the bicycles and stuff like that, um, and, and background stuff. Um, but what was the, what was the, yeah, I mean, I guess, what was the adversity you kind of had to overcome in going into a feature vice coming from, you know, cartooning My Little Pony and Ed and Eddie? What was the biggest thing that you kind of had to get to when you got to the feature length film of the Adams Family? Uh, well, you get a point to a point in your career where you're kind of comfortable. I mean, I know every job is a challenge, like yeah. I mentioned before. But when I jumped into feature, I was very out of my comfort zone yeah. again. Um, and so keeping up with these really amazing artists, um, that was the biggest challenge for me. Mm -hmm. um, getting up to speed, to their speed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that was the, yeah. yeah. Just because they're phenomenal, phenomenal artists. So I had to, I had to try to be somewhat that as well. Now, what was what was some of the scenes in the first movie? Obviously, we can't talk too much about the second one, but what were some of the scenes in the first ones that you did specifically that you absolutely loved? And then what were some of the ones that some of the artists did that you absolutely loved during this movie? Um, I did the gate scene. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did the gate scene. Um, I did the scene, uh, the butterfly clip, okay. the, the unicorn clip. Um, and mom freaks out. Um, the other scenes, I loved Solomon's scene where uh, Pugsley's on the rocket. Yeah. Oh my God, he's just a fantastic artist. The, he does the 3D flying camera. Yes. Yeah. That I find challenging to do. Um, but Solomon is just second nature to doing that kind of thing. Todd DeMond as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that was the biggest challenge for me, going from My Little Pony, which is, you know, Flash, to 3D and the flying camera stuff, learning how to board that way. Um, I mean, I did a little bit of that because I did Puss in Boots as well. So there was some of that stuff with that. But yeah, that there, yeah, so many. The end, the end stuff, Scott did the, uh, the chaos at the mm -hmm. end. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, Todd DeMond's art, just anything he did was was wonderful. Uh, yeah, it was it was inspiring. a very fun movie. I, I we really enjoyed it. And then I loved um, the scene at the end where you know they're all trying to 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 take over the Adams family. And so the Adams family, right, the whole family is it's essentially war right so they're they're ugly shooting off these bombs and i can't remember the can't remember the name that they had for the uh, adams family tradition where you know pugsley becomes a man i can't remember uh that that term for some reason um but he just yeah yeah these just bombs and all these other stuff and it was it was just so silly and so i'm like oh man this is so fun he's just trying to blow up fester every chance he gets it was just i don't know what it was it was just so whimsical it was so fun it was like it felt like I was a kid watching the Adams Family again. And I'm hoping since the Adams Family um, had gotten such great reviews and it was a smash when we were watching it, um, that maybe you guys would do a Munsters. I mean, we talked briefly about that, but uh, is there any chance that you, Toomey, and Scott can make that happen, make a Munster uh, happen? <laughs> well, we'll see. Whoever gets it, yeah. Yeah. Um, when, what, what, was, what were you watching? Were you more of an Adams Family or more of a Munsters person back in the day? I, I was Adam's family. I used to watch yeah. the live Adam's family. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like I said, we just had cable TV. And, yeah. you know, where I lived at one point, uh, I think we had two channels, and mm -hmm. one of them was just snow. So yeah. <laughs> we would watch whatever was on. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely wild to see how far TV's come. And uh, it, it's funny, I, I bought a um, I like going to the thrift stores because that's when I'll find like I'll find a lot of comic books or I'll find a lot of books and stuff like that. And I saw a VHS 
of the original Ninja Turtles movie from uh, from 1990. Um, and I bought it. I was like, I haven't had this since I was a little kid. I don't even have a VCR anymore. Right. Um, but I remember years back buying VHSs and, and popping them in and somebody had recorded over movies. And then it was a whole bunch of the old commercials. Like usually today, I can't wait for the commercials to end, but I just sat there and fast forwarded through everything they recorded just so I can watch the commercials from the nineties. It's so phenomenal just going yeah. back and like seeing how far, not specifically so much animation, but like how far commercials and marketing and television shows and movies and all the other stuff has come since those early, early days of, of, of TV and shit like that. So it's really cool to see that. Um, mm -hmm. But I told you I wouldn't ask you too much about Adam's Family 2, but is there anything that you can talk about that you're allowed to speak on, um, either working for it, doing this? Uh, you know, what was this experience like for Adam's Family 2? Was it fun? Was it tapping back into the well or uh, was it another learning curve for you? Um, it was another learning curve for me because I, I um, got the super, I supervised storyboard for this. Okay. Uh, so it was a learning curve in that way that I had to um, learn to work with artists and try to get the best out of, out mm -hmm. of them. Um, and I love, I loved it. I love working with artists. I get super inspired mm -hmm. with, with artists and new artists and um, young artists as well so for me that was the biggest learning curve it was very tight schedule so we had a lot of artists um, and short short period of time to try yeah. to get them to produce this get this movie out and a lot of the artists did not ever work on um, feature before yeah. so we I was very proud of what everybody did now, what is, how many people are in a traditional team for something like this? For, for you specifically in the Addis Family Part 2, when you're, when you're starting to be in a supervisory role, how many people do you have up underneath you for storyboards? Um, I think we had 19 or 20 artists all together at one point. Maybe. For the whole movie or just your team? For, from, oh no, just for my team. For oh, I was about to say, that's, that's a little bit, so yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's quite a few for mm -hmm. a storyboarding team comparing that to last time we had less less artists but a longer period of time i think we had nine or eleven artists for the first one that's insane <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah, it, was, what, it was challenging so was this the first time you were put into a supervisor's role no i had done it before for my little pony okay um, but yeah and and i taught um at art school before i'd done a bit of teaching okay um, but yeah this was this was um it was very challenging what's that like trying to corral 20 people like 20 personalities and especially since it, the only reason i bring this up is because what you do for a living is a very creative endeavor like a lot of people think what they do is not not so much that it's the best or better than somebody else but they, they essentially wear their heart they're putting their emotions their soul into something and they wanted to get past so what is it like trying to kind of like corral 20 people in and trying to make sure that everybody has the same focus how difficult is that and what were some of your strengths and weaknesses while doing that that you saw uh well my strengths were were that i had uh two amazing leads mm -hmm. um to me to me and dave dave okay. They were amazing. And of course, when we started, uh, we went right into the pandemic. Yeah. So we had to do the work from home. Our team was the first team to do the work from home situation. So not only were we starting with a brand new team, brand new artists, but we had to figure out this work from home situation. So that was really hard ramping yeah. up for that. Um, but the studio was amazing. Um, IT was amazing. Mm -hmm. Figuring all that stuff out, I just it blows my mind. Yeah, you know, how they did all of that. Um, but you know, I we had to you know make sure everybody was healthy through this whole thing because working from home also is very isolating. So we had to do a lot of meetings and collaboration mm -hmm. in that way uh, online. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had to, we had to do a lot of checkups on people mm -hmm. to make sure that they, uh, got the right info and were working in the right direction and stuff. It, every, everybody was great and production was great too. You know, we had a great production bill that 
I was making sure everybody's deadlines were hit and yeah. reminding us of when that was and was everything. Now, when you earn the role, key. what's that? No, go ahead. People, people, a good team is key. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. If you don't got the right people in the right place, shit will go downhill real quick. Yeah. Um, when you're in this role, uh, are you doing any, now, obviously you guys don't do, you know, pencil to paper anymore. Everything is digital because it's quicker. It's easier. You guys don't have the space to keep all the cells and boards and all that other stuff. But in your role specifically, do you do as much or do you do any, um, or any of the art at this point when you're in the supervisory role? At first, when we had just begun, I had time to do that. But when we got fully ramped up, I, I just had time just to kind of draw over people's stuff and, and yeah. work in flicks. So I could, I could check on people's work mm -hmm. uh, as long as they uploaded it. Mm -hmm. And I would give feedback that way. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I miss, I, I did miss that because I, I do love drawing. So yeah. that I would say would be the downside of supervising because it's mostly it's kind of a management job yeah. more than anything. now if you had your pick of the specific job or title or what you wanted to do on a day-to-day -day basis would you stick with storyboards or did you actually like doing this but you wouldn't want to do it as much what do you prefer i i love doing storyboards so I, if i did it again i would have to have a smaller team I think so that I would be able to do more storyboarding. No, um, because I mean, people managing is great, but it's yeah. an entirely different job. It's yeah, it's it's a different muscle you got to flex, and if you're not yeah. efficient with it, it's a little bit difficult because you know most of the time people see it for a little bit, but like, I kind of just want to go and do what got me to dance. I love drawing, I love animating, I love yeah. doing this stuff. So you know, it's it's interesting to see like what people you know kind of toward the you know go towards in their path or where they want to end you know with their career and shit like that. So yeah. um, as we start to wind down, um, you know, we I try to hit. Um, not so much every topic that you guys have ever done, but specific aspect. Now with, with Toomey, I got to admit, because he brought it up a couple of times during the episode, he's like, man, I like how we're jumping all over the place here. I was like, shit, I was, I was high as fuck. I had smoked a couple of joints before and he was drinking a couple of beers. So I was trying to, I was trying to keep it in. And that, I, that episode was right after I did all three of the voice actors for the Ed Boys, um, which was a, oh, it was a hurricane of just laughter and good times, like seeing those guys all light up when all three of them, because it wasn't supposed to be all three of them. It was only supposed to be um, Matt and Sam. Um, but one of the fans of the shows found out that I was having those two on messaged Tony. And then Tony messaged me because I messaged him and then Tony came on and surprised everybody. So it was a, uh, it was a wild show. So after that, I kind of needed to come down just a little bit before I talked to me. Um, so I was trying to, trying to get, you know, everybody's, like all the hits, I guess, of everybody's career. And sometimes it's difficult because some of the people I've talked to have been doing this for like 30, 40 years. So trying to cover somebody's entire career in one hour or two hours, depending on how long we go, is almost impossible. I mean, I mean, if we only talk like 30 seconds on each topic you guys did, then maybe, but half the time I like seeing where everybody, I like, that's why it's called What's in My Head podcast, because something will come up like, oh, you got your hair cut by somebody that pretends to be a pirate when they're not at work, or they pretend to cut hair as a pirate. I was like, I want to fucking know about that guy. I want to know, or that girl, I want to know what's going on with them. I want to talk to them too. Um, so obviously we couldn't hit everything you did. Um, but as you sit back in your chair right now and you look back at everything you've done, is there one or two, and this isn't to say, you know, you're shitting on any of your other projects you've worked on, but is there one or two, you know, shows, movies, or, you know, you said you did some advertising, correct? Is there one or two, you know, projects that you specifically worked on that you absolutely felt like this was the best I gave. This was, I put my heart out here and it shows in this artwork. Is there one or two that you would pick? Uh, well, I mean, for sure the Ed's mm -hmm. show was where um, I felt like I belonged for the first time. And I gave it all, my all, of course, because it was uh, the start of my storyboard career, basically. Um, but I, I don't know if I was the top of my game at mm -hmm. that point because I was just learning. Yeah. Um, but, oh, something I do want to mention. Before I did that, I did um, Silver Queen. 
dragons okay. and stuff and they had a different company and that was my very first uh, foray into storyboarding um be it a revision artist um about a month and a half ago i got some fan mail from a a, a little girl mm -hmm. who had found me um and she had drawn a picture of silver wing yeah and and found me and mailed it to my company and I got that and I was like oh, I could finish my career right now <laughs> because this is like I don't even know how she's watching Silverwing yeah. uh, but she she said you know I'm a big fan and she drew me this lovely so I, I drew her a picture back mm -hmm. and sent it to her and she has since drawn me another one but I think that feeling is just so rewarding, yeah. you know, that somebody actually reached out and said thank you for that. Um, such a long time ago. Yeah. You know, that I'd done something like that. So I guess stuff like that is highlights mm -hmm. in my career when I hear stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I'm proud of the work that I've done on Adam's family for yeah. sure. Um, now, if if you now this is specifically a question I like asking this one because it's a, it's a huge hypothetical. But is there any property out there? Is there any you know whether it's a book, a movie, a cartoon series that has already been done? Is there something out there that you would absolutely love to be a part of if hypothetically they ever greenlit it? You could say monsters if you want. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but is is there is there one out there that you would absolutely just die to work on? Um. I do like more oral. Mm -hmm. um, my my friend Raven, actually, she's another one you should get on the show. Okay. Raven Mollesey. Um, she showed me that it's a, a puppet. Okay. Puppet animation, and it's called Moral Oral. And if that ever came around, I would love to work on something like that because it's just it's such a weird, dark story. Yeah. And I, I tend to gravitate to that kind of thing, which mm -hmm. is why I love working on Adam's family too. Yeah. I like I like dark humor, mm -hmm. basically. Um, but yeah, if that ever came out for sure. I guess monsters, yeah. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that's, the that's the one I'm hoping for. I, there was something about <laughs> it that I just absolutely love. I don't know what it was. It was probably it was probably just something that I would watch with my grandpa because he's the one that really instilled in me um a at a young age, like the fun of television shows and movies and stuff like that. I mean, he was such a cool dude. I remember the uh, I remember the first time I ever saw the Karate Kid, and um, we're sitting there, and he he lived in West Virginia. He was a boiler maker, and um, it's the part where Daniel Sun's up on the couch, and he's or not he's not up on the couch. I'm up on the couch, but he's up on the thing. He's trying to do the crane kick for the first time, right? And then my grandpa looks at me and he goes, hey, I bet you can't do that crane kick. And I was like, I can do it. I'm like five, six, seven years old somewhere. I'm really young. I'm spending the summer with him and my grandma in West Virginia. And I didn't realize my grandpa was a, was a big joker. He would pull pranks and stuff like that. And uh, his name was Ronnie. And he, I didn't realize he had a pillow right behind him, right? So he had it locked and loaded. So I'm up on the couch and I'm doing the crane kick. And as I'm doing the crane kick, I'm switching my leg. And he takes that pillow and he hits me in the legs because he's just trying to, you know, he's trying to knock me back on the couch, trying to scare me. And what happened was it hit me in the legs. My legs got tangled up. So I take this huge fall, hit the table, hit the ground, right? So I start, I start crying. He's like, shh, shh, shh. you're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to get one here. She's going to yell at me. And I was like, I tell you what, if you stop, stop crying, I'll get you a pizza. And my tears stop like that. I was a fat yeah. kid from a young age. And so it was the first, <laughs> he, like I said, he, he was such a cool dude and uh, I missed the hell out of him. He, he actually, he actually passed away uh, like three hours before my first son was born. Oh. Uh, so he never got to meet my son, but that same love of television and movies that, you know, yeah. not, not so much that he instilled in me, but he opened my mind to, and it was like some of those movies I probably shouldn't have watched. I mean, he, we were watching Goodfellas at like the age of seven and, oh uh, yeah, for the longest time I wanted to be in the mafia because I thought, you know, because he turned it off right after they blew up the car. He's like, well, you're too young for this shit. He turned it off and it was like the only part I knew about the mafia was they got to eat really good food. They got to play cool cards and dominoes. Nobody messed with them. They got to wear cool suits. I was like, holy shit, I want to do that. And then it wasn't until I read John Gotti's book, Asked My Mother What a Columbia Necktie Was, that I found out what the real mafia was like. So it was uh, it was an interesting growing up experience with him. He, like I said, he was... Uh, 
such a cool fucking guy, man. I miss the hell out yeah. of him. Um, but is there, uh, is there anything that you would like to say to the fans? I mean, where can fans go to find you if they want to say, hey, I really loved your work. Obviously, this little girl found you, and I love that you drew her a picture and sent it back. That is such a beautiful thing that I wish more people knew, and more people did, right? But uh, where can fans come and say, hey, I love your work. I love to see what you're doing. Where can they find, uh, what are you doing now? Um, well, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I don't post very often, unfortunately. Okay. I'm terrible for that. To me, it's <laughs> so much better than me. Um, but, but yeah, Instagram, I have a blog spot too. Yeah, okay. I don't post too much. I, yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, you can watch my shows basically. There you go. I mean, yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. This has been a real fun chat. Corey, thank you again for setting this one up. I really had fun here. Uh, yeah, she's been, she ran, I've been doing this been the what's in my head podcast. And uh, this has been another piece of your childhood. Thank you guys so much and goodbye. Thanks again for checking out the what's in my head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating that will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.